1-800-361-1101-R-U-B-E-O.com. Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. Audience, Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show. ESPN Central Texas. And uh, I, uh, man, this is uh, this is fun. Uh, we got ba- playoff baseball getting ready to go. Uh, John Mashoda joining us now. Uh, John, you're a, you're of an age where Creed, the band Creed, might have uh, been exciting to you. The Rangers have claimed Creed is kind of their official band, and they played a lot of their music, and suddenly we're hearing a lot of Creed music. Does that do anything for you, um, a man like yourself who spent so much time growing up in Michigan, the mean streets of Detroit? Does Creed get you fired up at all? Not, not really. When I think of Creed, um, I think of that halftime show that they did for the Cowboys and um, and how there's a lot of people that would like to see them come back and do another one of those Thanksgiving halftime shows. But I'm not down on them. Like I know a lot of people are critical of them or Nickelback and some of these other bands. But, uh, uh, no, can't say I was ever a huge fan. Was that was that, that show where some, somebody was kind of flying around there? He was in a... The lead singer was in a Cowboys jersey, and then they had some some acrobats doing some things all around them. Yeah, that was that was the one, and um, I'm not sure if it was Yahoo Sports, but there was some website, sports website, in the last few years that went ahead and and uh, put Jerry Jones's face on the, on the acrobat um, going through the air and kind of redid that with like Jason Garrett as being the lead singer. And uh, it's one of my favorite videos uh, and one of my favorite things that's ever really been created with the internet. Oh man, that sounds like something you might uh, reissue there on the athletic X site, the Twitter formerly known as Twitter. I'd like to see you get involved in that. Now, Boy, the Cowboys are reeling. I had to almost laugh out loud at Jerry being asked five games into the season if he'd consider a change at play caller because, hey, hey, why not? Just let Schottenheimer blow this thing up and let Shotty get in there and call some plays. I mean, I know it's bad, but but and, and we've heard kind of everything, but did that – did, did that give you a little bit of a giggle, the fact that it's so bad that apparently Jerry's being asked if he might turn to Schottenheimer as the play caller? I mean, not that. I mean, you can ask whatever you want. I think one of the things you need to factor in with Jerry Jones is that I don't really think there's ever a bad question at Jerry because he's so um, – He's so, not even candid, but he's candid at times, but it's also that he's just so willing to answer anything without saying a no comment or, uh, you know, basically to shut it down like most people would, especially in his position. So it's like, why not throw stuff out there? Because who knows what he might respond with. Um, but I do think it, it would be way too early. That would be uh, really signaling panic and that, um, that I just think it would be an, an awful time to try and make that type of change right now. Yeah, did you see those shots of him on TV? He almost seemed like had that um, a look of amusement late in that game. He's over there trying to call plays, 
I mean, imagine that. You've got Rush in there. You're down 35-10 or 42-10 or whatever, and you're over there, and you're the play caller, and you're trying to help Cooper Rush finish out that game. There was just almost, to me, a look of like, I don't know if it was a sarcastic-type grin, but uh, Mike had to be sitting over there like, what in the world have I gotten myself into here? It's interesting you say that because I know you'll you'll understand this, but when those games you know start getting in that direction, you're yeah. not really even watching a lot of them like late in the third, fourth quarter because you're writing because you're just like, well, there's I don't yeah. even really pay attention. I can start working on my story right now so I can go down the locker room and get quotes to plug into the story. And so you're not watching it as closely. So a lot of times I like to go back and watch the game like the next day or two, and I haven't yet. But I'm I'm interested to see that because yeah, I, there was a part of me when we were going down on the on the elevator at you know it was a pretty early in the fourth quarter where I was thinking the Niners could just sit there and just kneel the ball on every one of their possessions right now and just really stick it to the Cowboys in just an embarrassing fashion where they're just like we know that you guys aren't going to come down here and score so we're just going to kneel it three times we're just going to put it back to you and, and and good luck with whatever you guys are doing I mean it just it looked that lopsided watching that game and and to be honest with you if this was like you know you know, early 90s or even before, you know, I, I get it. There wasn't the parody that there is in the NFL today, but the parody that there are, that there is in the NFL today, like, I, I don't even know if the worst team in the NFL should look as bad as the Cowboys did against the 49ers Sunday night. It was kind of a smirk. It was That's what you'd call it, kind of a smirk over there, like, I cannot believe I'm having to do this. Uh, John Machoda from The Athletic on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, now, John, will you, this is a Cowboys off day, certainly not an off day for you, but will you, you love a good live event. I mean, in playoff baseball, to me, would be right up your alley. Uh, will you take this in from the couch, or will you be out at Globe Life with those 46,000 screaming fans, and they're going to they're gonna put a couple of thousand extra obstructed views uh, how are you? How are you planning to handle this uh, this playoff baseball? I don't think I'm going to make it out there for this game. I'm definitely going to uh, try to with one of the future ones. I would okay. really like to go to a Rangers Astros, uh, you know, ALCS game. But uh, you'll enjoy this. So there have been a few games in the last year or two when I've gone out there, and uh, it's been like a regular season game. Go out there with some friends. You're kind of killing some time. The game isn't that interesting. And I will say there are some very bad obstructed view seats in that stadium, uh, mainly because uh, they're behind the foul pole, and the foul pole has, uh, you know, Louisiana hot sauce written on it, so you can't even see through the foul pole. So there's some real, uh, for a new stadium, kind of suspect, like, why was the seat even put here type thing? Uh, yeah. So I'm interested to see if they really do sell out all those, because I get it for an ALCS or, and obviously a World Series, but it, it made me think, uh, you know, during that – regular season. How many people are really sitting back here where you're just sitting there to say that you were in the stadium? So, um, hey, I get it. There's Rangers fever around here. I'm sure people will take whatever they can get. Yeah. Now, not not tonight, but I'm going to get out there. I'm going to get there for one. You're on a, a major Rangers affiliate now, one of the great Rangers affiliates in the country, all right? And so, well, the fans there, and boy, the Astros used to run the Astros, too, um, in our market. And, uh, yeah, it, that would be... That'd be a lot of fun. Now, what did you uh, – Jerry was going to race to Dak's defense. I mean, that was the easiest one to call ever, right? Because when he's bad and when he throws three picks 
And when all of America is talking about, is this guy really that good? And Brock Purdy plays great. You know Jerry has to immediately, without even being prompted, is going to say, you know, I believe in us because I believe in the quarterback. John, when you saw that, did that did you chalk it up as like, well, just bad again, bad game, or or do you do you feel like you got to start kind of thinking about? I mean, is this the guy you're going to do another huge contract with? I mean, you right now, I would say sure, the Cowboys are still going to do that, but in the back of their minds, when they see that, they've got to be thinking, do we really want to do another like four or five year deal? And go up to about forty-five to fifty million a year with this guy. Oh, they have to be thinking about that because I I don't think it can even be forty-five. I think if that you are extending it to another, you know, like you said, four or five-year deal, I think it's I think it starts at fifty. And so mm. then, no, they absolutely have to be considering that. Um, mm. And it's not just because of this one game. I mean, anyone can have a bad game. It's the really to me, you know, Dak started over a hundred NFL games, and I would say three of his worst and maybe even arguably his three worst have come in their last eight games. It's, it's this one. It's the game in January against the Niners. And then it's the one that ended the regular season at Washington uh, last year. So you're coming off of, you're now in three of your worst games in the last eight. And you know, you've been an NFL starter for eight years. I mean, that, that shouldn't be happening. And um, that's with two different offensive coordinators. You know, they went out from the off season, got Brandon Cooks. He hasn't been really anything uh, in terms of making an impact, uh, getting the ball. And then you finally have, you know, your best starting offensive line. That's the thing with covering the Cowboys sometimes, and maybe just because I'm covering this team and I don't notice as much with other teams. But I just feel like we over saturate the the, the uh, argument of. Oh well, this player's out or this player's out, and it's just like almost like you're like, well, does everything have to be perfect for the Cowboys to win these big games? And you're mm-hmm. and you look at a game like that, and you're like, well, everything was there. They finally had the starting offensive line. Tony Pollard's healthy, Dak's healthy. They got CD. They got Cooks. Michael Gallup two years removed from the knee injury. They really like this Ferguson kid a lot. You know, you you found a kicker when that seemed like that would be a big question mark. You got the best defense you've had, and 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 probably since the '90s, like. There's really no excuses left, and then you go and have a performance like that. So, no, Jerry can't say anything else than he did on the radio. I mean, it's five weeks in. You can't sit there and talk about how, oh, I don't know if this is the guy. That would make yeah. no sense. you know. Um, so he can't say anything else. But yeah, there's no question he has to be thinking about that uh, uh, pretty seriously right now. Of you know, Maybe we just play this out. You know, It's going to be a $60 million cap hit next year, but maybe that's just what we got to do because um, – we can't commit that amount of money if we don't know for sure uh, that this is going to be our guy for the next four or five, six years. And you can't help but watch Purdy, and just and just and, and you think, well, is it the coaching? And, and I'm sure that has something to do with it. But he's ripping the ball down the field. I mean, let's not act like he's just only a bus driver quarterback. I mean, it's it's now two straight performances, playoff games where. The 49ers have had the upper hand in all areas, but certainly at quarterback has to be one of them. And that has to irritate Jerry to no end because they're getting this from Purdy. And one of the jokes that he has a roommate and he still drives some old car uh, and he's making what uh, a minimum like about eight fifty, about eight hundred and seventy thousand dollars. 
and Dak's making $40 million. I mean, you just can't help. Jerry, it's got to be, like you said, in Jerry's uh, mind. Now, Parsons... Well, hold on, real quick, Matt. Matt, yeah. real quick. You used yeah. the word irritate. I honestly think that could be fuel to the fire with Jerry, thinking that, hey, we found our last two starting franchise quarterbacks as an undrafted guy in Tony Romo, as mm-hmm. a fourth-round pick in Dak. Look at what this team's doing. Maybe we do uh, take take a shot on some other guy. Maybe he thinks it's Trey Lance. I don't... I don't think he should think that way but he might where he's preparing that maybe that's the direction they go in um with their with their next quarterback and to be honest with you i don't think anybody the 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 person that knows the least amount of, about the nfl to whoever knows the most of all no one can predict what a, what a quarterback is going to be 100 percent of the time and when you see a brock purdy like that have the success he has or obviously like a tom brady it shows you that you don't necessarily always have to trade the three, four first-round picks to get the number one overall pick or a top-five pick. And I will always wonder how much that plays with Jerry, especially coming off of having Romo and now having Dak. Of maybe we can find that guy again, mm-hmm. uh, you know, late in the draft or um, you know something like that. And, and that can be a scary place to be too, because that can also end up you know getting you in that spot where you were between Aikman and then Romo, where you're just it's a revolving door, and and that's not the answer either. Be careful being too critical of Dak. I, I notice there's local media folks who get really caught up, and then they critique anybody who says, like, some. there was some announcer out there from San Francisco who basically their their analysis was, well, Dak sucks or something, or he, you know, he's not. Yeah, it was Dante Whitner. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> and um, and our, our man Clarence, I think, kind of went at him. Hey, you can't. I, I again, I did not know Clarence. I, we, we're great friends with Clarence, but oh, the decorum of Clarence to tell per, somebody what they can and cannot say about a player—that is interesting. And uh, so, I bet Tony Romo wishes we were a little kinder to him back in the day, or were this defensive um, of some of his play. So, anyway, just. Uh, I, I've just noticed that when, man, I think there's very legitimate grounds to criticize this quarterback, but some of the media gets really uh, protective and kind of circles the wagons around him, and uh, it's just something we have to kind of keep an eye out for. Now, what do you think um, about uh, Micah Parsons, this thought that he could have to go back with Vander Esch pro- probably out for a while? and play off the ball in some ways this takes him a little bit out of the pass rush mix where he's such a feared player i guess in some ways maybe it could create some interesting matchups what do you what do you kind of think about that because of course micah didn't have his normal type performance the other night against the 49ers that would be different to see him back off the off the ball like uh, like he hasn't been in a long time I mean, if it's going to be to give him maybe 10, 15 snaps that he's going to be at linebacker as opposed to on the defensive line, I can somewhat understand that. But if it was to make him only a linebacker, that wouldn't make any sense to me because then you're taking a guy from a position in an area on the field where he's great to one where I think he's very good. Um, but what he's doing on the on the defensive line is the type of stuff that if he stays healthy, could get him in the ring of honor. I don't know where he would rank as the linebacker, but it's not anywhere on that level of what he is as an edge rusher. So if it allows Dan Quinn to mix things up a little bit more, and, and, and yeah, maybe there's, you know, like I said, 10 plays where he's using him as a traditional linebacker more than he was, then I, I can understand that a little bit. But 
taking him away from near the line of scrimmage, to me, man, that, that sounds like a dream if I'm an opposing team's offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I love hearing that. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's a good idea, Dan. Do that. Move him back there more. That's, a, that's, that's what you should do for sure. Uh, he's just such a terror. I mean, I know he didn't have the, you know, this, this great game against the Niners, but um, that's, uh, I don't care what he did against the Niners. He's one of the top 10, top five most valuable players in this league. And, and, and he's like that because of the fact that he's rushing the passer. So uh, if this is like some type of a move for the next four or five games where he's playing more linebacker than edge, uh, I don't think that's a good idea at all. Wasn't that funny to think of like two West Coast type, you know, coaches that have kind of come from similar roots and backgrounds and the whole San Francisco, Bill Walsh, and like look at how different they looked. I mean, Cowboys are just three and outville all game. And San Francisco's like throwing slants to the fullback and 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 just running all kinds of stuff. Ayuk's just running wide open through the defense. I mean, it, it just it, it it's kind of wild, isn't it, to think sometimes, well, these guys come from similar backgrounds, but then for think for those offenses to look so different. Uh, and then Collinsworth to say, well, Dak's still young in this offense, and he said they. They hadn't installed the seven, the seven, seven yard drop or the seven, excuse me, the seven step drop yet in the new Texas Coast offense. So um, feel free to use that, John, in your writing that the Cowboys have yet to put that seven step drop in. Once they do that, Dak may be okay. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll keep that one in the bag. I'm gonna keep my eyes over for that one. I think that yeah, yeah that could that could have probably made the difference. Uh, Sunday night. It is interesting though watching that Niners team because they do a lot of that stuff. You know, people call it eye candy, and they yeah. do a lot of those things offensively. That you know, I mean, it looks like you know a really well-oiled machine, and that they're on the the top and the cutting edge of what you do offensively, and they are. But make no mistake about it, I don't know if there's a tougher team in the NFL. I mean, they. They they lay the wood, man. Like that is not a that is not a finesse team that just oh we're gonna spread you out we're gonna just try and outscore you on the scoreboard. I mean they punch you in the mouth too. So I mean they got they got both sides of it going for them, and they got it from their best players. I mean that's a very well constructed team from top to bottom. So um, I think they can win a, in a variety of ways, and mm-hmm. uh, as long as Purdy's able to stay healthy, I mean that was the whole reason that they they fell to the Eagles. Um, you know, in that NFC championship game and, and it changed everything. But man, if you can keep that team relatively healthy and I, I think I think anybody in the NFC is gonna I mean, they have to be the favorite and, and, and I'd even pick them right now over the Chiefs to just win the whole thing. Wow. Yeah, the Niners, the Eagles, and your Detroit Lions are the are the bullies of the NFC, all right? How you like that? Yeah, it's 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 uh it takes me back a long time. I mean, uh, we're talking early '90s since you could even even think of something saying something like that. Scotty Mitchell throwing to Herman. Eric, Eric Kramer, Kramer, and then and then Paraman later on. The great Scotty Mitchell got a little heavy in it later in life, but uh, but a pretty good quarterback at, at one point. All right. Uh, by the way, somebody told me you're an Eatsies guy. Uh, I would say the most underrated thing there. The uh, cornbread, it's kind of like a savory item and a sweet. You, it's almost like a dessert and a savory item that can go with anything all in one. 
It's an unbelievable. It's the cornbread from Eatsy's. All right. Have you ever tried it? I have not. I'm in now. I mean, I there's really nothing oh. I had there that, that I didn't like. So I'm I'm on this now. I'll, I'm going to check oh, this out next time I'm up there. That's when I've run into the young Hellman, believe it or not, at the Oakland Eatsy's in the past. The man loves a good. He loves a good Eatsy's. He loves a good neatly trimmed beard. All right, buddy. Uh, always good to visit with you. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on. All right. John Mashoda joining the Matt Mosley Show from The Athletic.